New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Hello again, dear ones. Robert with you here on a Friday night. It's five o'clock on the Mountain Time Zone, and that means it is time for the good news. That weekly opportunity to take a look at some of the stories that I find inspiring and reminding me that we all are living together and we are all creating a world that works better for all. Good evening, Shay. Good to see you, dear one. Thanks for being with us. Glad you're here. All right, let's kick this off tonight. First up, hey, I've totally spaced whether or not I created the, there it is. That's what we need. <laughs> Always forgetting something around here. All right, here it is. Uh, NASA may just have cracked the code for replacing lithium in batteries. This is big news. Now, this is uh, what happens is currently lithium ion batteries are the industry standard for electric vehicles. Uh, however, they contain liquids and make them vulnerable to overheating, fire, and loss of charge over time. Uh, I know that same is uh, I'm very careful with my lithium ion battery packs and uh, other lithium ion batteries, you definitely should be as well. Well, NASA's SABERS stands for Solid State Architectural Batteries for Enhanced and Rechargeability and Safety. SABERS. Their Sabres project is developing experimental solid-state battery packs that do not suffer from those drawbacks. They receive funding from NASA's Convergent Aeronautic Solutions Project. Now, during the past couple of years, Sabres solid-state batteries have been honed to produce a discharge rate much higher than any other example on the market by a factor of 10, and then again by a factor of 5 as well. Uh, inside the battery, sulfur and selenium cells stacked directly on top of one, uh, one another without casings allows for even greater weight savings. Along with the cells themselves, multiple batteries can be stacked without any separation between them. Oh my gosh, this could be a game changer for all types of electric vehicles. Uh, so far, the Sabres team has been able to power objects at 500 watt hours per kilogram, double that of an electric car. Good news happening in the world of renewables. 
All right, we're going to get this set up properly here today somehow. There we go. That's how it works. Folks, we get a lot of our stories from all over the net. And if you have a good news story that you know of that you'd like us to cover, please send us that story. Hit an email. Send it to goodnews at ntmedia.org. We would love to hear the good news that's happening in your world as well. All right. Next up in something that's really rare these days, U.S. and China are collaborating and what they're doing is creating the cheapest and the fastest way to purify seawater uh, that science has yet to discover. The prototype of a passive solar power desalinization tool, can, which is what you're looking at there, can produce four to six liters of clean water per, per hour. And the designers believe a scaled-up version could sustain a coastal household in sunny climates year-round. This is big news and i don't want to go into the science of it because i can't pronounce half of the words that they that they uh, are using here but basically what's happening is seawater is circulating in swirling eddies and when coupled with sunlight enables the water to evaporate the salt is left circulating while the water vapor is collected at potable rates of purity Researchers Lin and Zhang said, quote, for the first time, it is possible for water produced by sunlight to be even cheaper than tap water. Zhang is a research scientist at MIT's Device Lab Research Laboratory. He continued, this opens up the possibility for solar desalinization to address real world problems and at large scale. Woohoo! Gotta love it, folks. Science and technology taking us to new places. And, uh, and this next story is all about that as well. I just love how uh, some of these things come together. However, I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm not in love with coffee. If you talk to my wife, you'll know I, I've never enjoyed coffee. However, uh, it seems like engineers in Australia have found a way to make concrete stronger utilizing the ground coffee grounds. That's correct. University team developed a technique that makes concrete 30% stronger by adding waste coffee grounds after it's turned into a biochar using their low energy process. We've talked about biochar in this program before. Globally, 11 million tons of spent coffee is generated annually. Oh my gosh. Disposing of organic waste poses an environmental challenge because it emits a large amounts of greenhouse gases. Uh, like carbon dioxide and methane, and it's 21 times worse than the, in than CO2 for the climate. Now, as far as the concrete, it's being used in con uh, uh, concrete itself that's used in projects around the world requires 50 billion tons of natural sand mined every year. Coffee biochar can replace a portion of that sand, which is a finite resource. The ongoing extradition, uh, extraction of natural sand around the world, typically taken from riverbeds and banks to meet the rapidly growing demands of the construction industry, has a big impact on the environment. All of this, according to Professor G. Lee. The inspiration for our work was to find an innovative way of using the large amounts of coffee waste in construction projects rather than sending it to landfills. Right on. Again, not a real big fan of coffee, but hey, it's good news when we don't have to use the coffee 
or we can find other uses than putting it in the in the landfills. Next up, another story that we've reported on in, in previously, the Arctic island of Svalbard. Svalbard. I, I think I know I'm probably not right on. I was trying to practice that earlier. Uh, in Norwegia, Norwegian, uh, the word, <laughs> I'm just going to mess this one up all the way around. Here's what's happening. Uh, the Norwegian government has completed the largest rewilding project in its history. Polar bears, reindeer, Arctic foxes, and seabirds are moving back into a hundred-year-old mining town uh, where all we did as humans was plump, was coal, uh, mine, mine for coal for over a hundred years. The community was nestled, nestled in a remote fjord, which before its closure had its own power station, wharf, water supply, and everything else that was necessary to maintain the community of up over, of over 300 workers. Back in 2017, the Norwegian parliament decided to wind down operations and clear the area to return it to its natural state. All traces of human activity have since, uh, since mining began in 1910 were to be removed with the exception of cultural monuments and buildings from before 1946, down to three buildings total. Uh, before the rewilding began, 12 people from Norwegian Institute for Cultural Heritage Research spent six weeks scanning and photographing the entire town, around 170,000 images and 6,000 scans in total. For more than 18 terabytes of raw data have become a huge digital 3D project model that can be experienced at the nearby tourist outpost. Good work, Norway. Glad to hear it. Glad to see it. Rewilding an old island, an old coal mine. Gotta love it. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, let a couple of our sponsors say hello and uh, give you a little more information on some of the things going on here around New Thought Media Network. But please don't go away. Stay tuned. Stay with us. We'll be back with more good news in just a moment. Blessings, everybody. My name is Jafon Seeley. Could you imagine what is actually possible when we start honoring and recognizing our inherent worth, realizing that we are that which is assisting in co-creating our experience? And with that understanding, start recognizing that every human, every individual, everything that we interact with reflects that same inherent worth. It's not about adventure it's about the atmosphere of the consciousness of adventure the lifestyle of adventure how many people would say that their lifestyle is adventurous my name is lisa benson i'm a diversity equity and inclusion consultant and the author of anchored and bias fired over white tears it's a book detailing my lived experiences with workplace bias and what fueled my passion for normalizing conversations about differences and creating safe spaces for everyone to bring the best version of themselves to life every day.
Yes, 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 folks. Going to be a fun and wild week at Unity Village with the affiliated New Thought Network online and in-person tickets are still available. Please feel free, head over to the website, antn.org. Check out what's going on. We'll be broadcasting from Unity Village on location most of next week. Many of our show hosts will be there, so stay tuned for that throughout the week. All right, back into the good news. Let me introduce you to Guy Singh Watson. Guy is an or owns an organic fruit and veggie box company called Riverford. Well, he did until recently when he sold his 23% stake of the company uh, back to the employees of the company. Now, back in 2018, he had sold a majority of the company to staff. Uh, however, rather, rather than having the staff buy the stakes in the company themselves, the online retailer took a loan out to pay out Singh and Watson. Singh Watson, excuse me, guy. A trust has been set up on behalf of the 900 staff who work for Riverford, and no matter what level the employees work at in the business, every employee receives an equal share of the profits and has a say in the running of the business. Thank you, Guy, for doing the good work, giving your employees the benefit of your vision. You know, employee businesses are unusual. Uh, and there is a theme emerging where more and more owners are finding a way to give their their companies back to the employees that make it all happen. Love these stories. Hey, next up, we reported not long ago, uh, earlier in the month, actually, of uh, African Parks. And they announced the purchase of the world's largest population of privately owned white rhinos. The non Profit conservation organization plans to rewild the rhinos to safe and well-managed protected areas. And right on the heels of that, new estimates are out uh, from the end of 2020, measurements from the end of 2020, that according to the latest, those estimates are approximately 23,290 rhinos across the African continent. Uh, and that makes a 5.2% increase compared to 2021. A combination of protection and biological management initiatives have resulted in an overall tally of over 6,400 black rhinos in Africa. That's up 4.2% from 2021. White rhinos now number around 16,800 animals compared to 15,009 at the end of 2021 and an increase of 5.6%. This is the first increase in the white rhino numbers since 2012. Dr. Michael Knight, chair of the IUCN African Rhino Specialist Group, was quoted as saying, with this good news, we can take a sigh of relief for the first time in a decade. However, it is imperative to further consolidate and build upon this positive development and not drop our guard. Yes, exactly. Folks, if we're creating a world that works for all, and I believe that's a big part of what we're all doing here, perhaps the most important thing we're all doing here. If we're going to work, create a world that works for all, that means we create a world that works for the rhinos as well. Good to see we're doing that. Here's a story that I just couldn't resist. For more than 60 years, stained glass windows honoring Confederate generals Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson hung at Washington's National Cathedral. 
In 2015, the cathedral decided to take them down. Now, six years later, after the panels were removed in 2017, the Washington, D.C. church has unveiled their replacement, four colorful windows depicting the struggle for racial justice. Titled Now and Forever, the panels show black Americans holding protest signs bearing the words fairness and no foul play. Most of the figures are on foot, and one of them is in a wheelchair. Thank you to the National Cathedral. Kudos for doing that good work. Uh, again, folks, if we're going to create a world that works for all, we're going to have to recognize uh, some of our, our failings from the past. Hey, we're going to take another quick commercial break and say hello to uh, a couple friends, but we're going to be right back. We've got our human interest stories coming up, including at the end of tonight's broadcast, our hero of the week. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I was made in the image. I was made in the image of love. I was made in the image. I was made in the image of love. Stop acting like we're strangers If we could see Underneath We are one family And it don't matter Don't matter where you come from Every heart beats to the rhythm Of one love One love One love Every heart beats to the Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa, Satya Center, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, and Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, as well as all of our individual donors. Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, dear ones, for all of your financial support of New Thought Media Network. All right, back into the good news for Friday night. I want to introduce you to Vanessa. And now Vanessa's been living at the Villa Lobos Rescue Center for pretty much her entire life. Uh, we've reported on Villa Lobos before. Uh, well, back in uh, 2012, her original owner brought her in uh, to, Villa to the rescue center in the back of a moving truck. 
uh, and didn't want to take her on his move. Rescue Center employees said, plain and simple, they did not want her anymore. Her little life had just barely started and already she was unwanted and minutes away from dying in the back of a sweltering hot box of a truck. Well, after 11 years, Vanessa has finally been adopted. Rescue Center employees again said she was the perfect dog and now she's met the perfect owners. According to uh, employees, Vanessa was crate trained, well-behaved, and extremely friendly, but the perfect owner just never quite showed up. Now, as a senior dog, many shelters do have senior programs. Uh, it was becoming tougher to, to find a home for Vanessa when a two-time past adopter from Villa Lobo stepped forward and gave Vanessa a forever home in her final years. I love those heartwarming stories, folks. The ones that remind me, we just do what we got to do. We do what's right for those around us. And sometimes, you know, we do call the, the canine man's best friend, human's best friend. Well, this time, puppy dogs were a little two-year-old's best friend. A missing toddler, toddler was found sleeping in the woods with a dog as a pillow after walking about three miles barefoot. Uh, this was after a frantic four-hour search and rescue. Little Thea Chase was playing barefoot in her yard uh, in rural Faithorn, uh, Michigan. Uh, her uncle explained to her she needed to go inside and put some shoes on. And a little while later, mother, her mother, Brooke, said she had the instinct to go and check on her and the two dogs. They have Rottweilers named Buddy and an English Springer named Hartley. Soon became very clear that Thea was no longer in the in the in the yard. Uh, Brooke and Thea's uncle began to shout for her and search. They searched the woods were the woods near at hand to the house for about a quarter of an hour before calling the police. When we get a call like that, Michigan State Police Officer Mark Guzanuzzi said, "Everything else stops." In the rural area, the police call put out. For drones, canines, the search continued. Finally, around midnight, a family friend found the little girl, still without shoes, sleeping on top of one of the dogs. When they tried to wake her, she was quoted as saying from a little bit of a fog, uh, to leave her alone, she was a sleeping, a sleeping princess. Cute little girl, alive and safe. Protected by those big old dogs. Human's best friend. Gotta love it, folks. Gotta love it. Hey, here's another great story. Now, we reported on something similar last week in Germany. A group of people lifted a bus. Well, it's happened again. This time in Georgia, a group of men made a life-saving rescue possible after a driver was trapped underneath his car. Collision launched a 19-year-old motors through the sunroof as the car flipped over on its head, pinning him underneath without space to expand his chest. Moments before, Georgia Police Sergeant Michael Peterson switched on the lights and sirens after seeing a car pass by at high speeds. But after catching up, he found that it had overturned with three young men clambering out of the passenger doors. With every moment counting, police body cam footage captures Peterson speaking with the trapped driver, confirming his life was in the balance and ordering the teens, some motorists and other officers, 
to who stopped to help to hoist up the nearly two-ton vehicle while another pulled the victim free. The Lawrenceville Police Department confirms that the teen driver had suffered several industries, injuries but was recovering in a medical facility. It was the department's opinion that without rapid action, the good, without rapid action by Peterson and the Good Samaritans, the young man may have died. Thank you, people, for doing the right thing. When you see something, do something. When you see something, do something. Hey, this all leads us to our, what I like to call, big story of the week. Here is our hero. Our hero of the week. This is Peng Quinglin. I do hope I'm pronouncing that properly, Peng. He's a food delivery giant in China who's being hailed as a hero after he risked his life to save a drowning woman. An act that earned him significant recognition and rewards. There's a viral video circulating on Chinese social media uh, showing Mr. Peng jumping off a 40-foot bridge into the water below. He then swiftly swam towards a distressed woman struggling in the river, reaching out to grasp her arm and guiding her towards what appeared to be a mounted ladder. In a video interview with Chinese TV, a police officer confirmed that the woman survived the harrowing incident and was currently under observation in the hospital. Peng, who worked for a Chinese food delivery giant, shared that he was in the midst of delivering an order on his e-bike while crossing the bridge when he was alerted to a woman's predicament by bystanders. He recounted his experience saying, I was definitely frightened because the bridge looked so high, but I didn't think too much of it as I just wanted to save her. Remarkably, when Peng returned to dry land, his first words were reportedly, my delivery is going to be late. Late. In recognition of his extraordinary bravery, the police awarded Peng the first class public service honor medal and a cash prize of 30,000 uh, 30, yen. His company also showed an appreciation by granting him 50,000 yen, all told that's just a little under $11,000 American. And his company offered him an opportunity to pursue a higher education tuition free. Despite it all, Mr. Peng remained modest, stating, I'm just a delivery guy like many others. If I meet someone in danger, I'll definitely lend a helping hand. Well, thank you, Mr. Peng, for being our hero of the week. I tell you, folks, it takes a special person to leap 40 feet off a bridge into the water. All to save someone else. And I think Mr. Peng exemplifies the human spirit. We're all in this together. We're all making this work together. Again, I want to thank everybody for being a part of New Thought Media Network. Whether you're watching now or at another time, we appreciate you being with us. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Well, we still got a little bit of programming here tonight. I, I, I do apologize, Brother Michael. Uh, stay tuned at 6 o'clock for the fireside chat with Reverend Michael Mangus and of course our evening prayers at 8:15 tonight. Tomorrow we'll be back with the Science of Mind Saturday morning Science of Mind and Spirit conversation series happens every Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. You can join our cast of revolving hosts as we talk about Ernest Holmes and the Science of Mind. I invite you to join us tomorrow morning. Always a great time 
here on the New Thought Media Network. All right, I'm Dr. Robert. I'm going to get out of here and let you get into what's next for your Friday night. But I do really do hope you'll come back and join us for Reverend Michael in the Fireside Chat. One way or the other, until next time, I want to wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now. <laughs>